0: Hello and welcome to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly Podcast. This week we are talking about a looming showdown amongst the top contenders for the DA uh, position of leader. Uh, there are of course the official opposition in the country. There are also calls for the Interministerial Committee on COVID to be dissolved. This coming from the MKMVA earlier today. Uh, we'll also talk through some of the concerns from donors. Uh, regarding much needed uh, personal protective equipment, uh, possibly not reaching the intended recipients given allegations of alarming abuse of procurement pr- protocols uh, within government. So that's what we'll be discussing today. As always, please do not forget to subscribe on Iona FM, Spotify, Apple, and other platforms where you get your podcasts. My name is Tim Ville. I'm joined today by Apiwe and Mawande of the Sunday Times uh, political team.
1: See, all, uh, man. This acorn is racist. I've never, ever been a spy.
0: Can please. the BBS bank uh, loot? The
2: problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. Order. I'm listening. Okay. Can you have consistency, honorable chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a ship. Stand at arms, can you please come in? Of order.
0: I must ask the two comrades if they've gotten their first sip of holy waters, which, as of today, are legally available in stores. Up here.
1: Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite sober today.
0: <laughs> you see, it makes for a nice change. <laughs> <laughs> no no comment. I wonder, I wonder, have you made your way to the bottle stores as of yet?
3: Ah, cumbris me. I stopped this drinking business, you know, because I know we can't trust uh, NTZ and PGC and their uh, opposition to this thing. They will close it again. So what's the point? I mean. I'm sober forever and ever, (laughs) Qumri.
0: I'm not sure I believe that, but it's fine. We'll support your current decisions. As of today, a number of previously restricted activities obviously now have the green light from government, things like going to the gym, drinking in restaurants, uh, and for the smokers. Almost five months later, uh, tobacco products are now available. So that's what happens today as of level two in the country. Uh, But let's start our discussions with an announcement by a candidate from the Democratic Alliance. She's also the former youth leader, currently uh, an MPL in the KZN Legislature, Mbalintuli. In case you missed it, here's what she had to say in a press conference yesterday. I think that members of the DA and our public, in particular, are tired of politicians who operate behind closed doors and under the cover of darkness and who don't avail themselves for reasonable scrutiny and to be held accountable for many of the views that they hold. And this must change. And that is why I am challenging Mr. John Steenhausen to a series of four live televised Democrat debates in keeping with the great liberal tradition. So that was the DA's Mbalinduli. She uh, yesterday challenged the interim leader, John Steenhayzen, to a series of public debates, four of them, leading up to their virtual elective conference, which is set to take place. Uh, later this year uh, what you missed before uh, the clip that we just paid for you now uh, was where she speaks about this tradition happening in American politics in the main in the run-up to their elections uh, where candidates challenge each other through these public debates uh, so that people can get a better sense of what they stand for and obviously in the case of the DA it's an internal election uh, so they might argue that it's got nothing to do with the rest of us uh, but up here, what is your sense on this challenge and how it might go down in the party? I think now more than any time uh, before,
1: um, it would be important for the party to actually uh, hold a public debate. Given the situation we find ourselves in uh, with COVID-19 and, and the lockdown, um, for fairness, I think uh, it, it, it would present an opportunity for members uh, across the board to not, to not just get information only to official channels. I understand when you are not, the incumbent, it's difficult to have a similar reach uh, to members uh, as um, as the incumbent. So when you have a, a debate like that, um, it would really then assist. Um, and you must understand that with internal elections, it's not just uh, as the matter of <clears throat> the delegates who are going to vote, but it's also about um, the people that uh, who are supporters, who are members, how they view uh, their leader to be. Um, I understood that argument when uh, Helen Zille was going uh, head-to-head with uh, Athol uh last year uh, for the position of uh, uh, the chairperson of the Federal Council, um, because the, the, that position in itself is not even elected by the rest of the members, but the, by the members of the Federal Council. So but this one is is the leader of the party is the person who's going to re- the face of the da is the person who's going to represent the party uh, going forward in elections and so on so it's not just about the, that sentiment that as supporters as voters of the da they would want uh, to, to have a, a, a leader that they they trust and they can see who what the views are and if they align with them even though they would not necessarily be voting uh, on the day, even though it's only just uh, members of <clears throat> uh, members or delegates who would be uh, presented there. So um, it's supposed to be uh, this way. I think uh, this is my understanding of politics that those who are delegates are then, nom- especially those who are nominated at press level, but even those who are public reps, that when they go there, they take a mandate. Or rather, they represent their own constituencies. So, not everyone from that constituency is going to be able to uh, to be voting uh, at Congress, but they are able to influence the delegates that are going there as well. To say, but based on what we have seen in those debates, we think that so and so is a better candidate for us in this constituency. This is these are the things that we think resonate with us and. That's my uh, understanding of uh, the necessity of a public debate. It's something that a lot uh, of people have been saying about uh, the current ruling party, which is the ANC, to say, you you can't just have um, secretive uh, campaigns uh, where you don't really know where the person stands. And with the DA, uh, they've had it before um, with um, Musima Imane um, and uh, Dr. Wilmot James. Um, I'm not sure how much it helped. Uh, to sway uh, the support in favor of Musi, but then versus now, I think it's more important now than it was then. Then it 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 was important to 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 have that debate at the time, but it, a lot of people had known that uh, it's a done deal for 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 Mose Maimane, given who was backing him. But now, even if you 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 think or believe that jen Hazen has got a, an upper hand, uh, but given that there is no there's not no equal access to the number of delegates because of the restrictions that have been there in, in travelling and, and so on. A public debate would would play would play a lot in in in, in, in assisting uh, or ensuring that democracy uh, uh, prevails.
0: Apio, you rightly mentioned that there was talk last year uh, when there was a special sitting of the federal council uh, to appoint a new person of uh, new chairperson rather of the federal council, and at the time it was Helen Ziller against. Uh, Ethel Trollope. There was a planned public debate, which at the last minute, uh, the party decided would not be in its best interest. As you say, in 2015, there was a debate which took place between uh, Musi Maimane and Wilmot James when they were vying for the top job as well. Let's take you back to 2015, debates debate on a show called Insigh between Wilmot James and Musi Maimane.
2: There's no doubt about the fact that many South Africans are left out of the economy and, and the majority of those are in fact black. It is still a critical factor, it's still a proxy for disadvantage, and the issue that we must focus on is the fact that we must address the education of young black South Africans. The fact of the matter is that a child who's in in Waterkloof gets a better education than a child who's in Mamelodi. So I think when it comes to economic redress, we must have a five-year plan that addresses, that measures how we're doing on that basis, but what we've got to be focused on is making sure that we focus on black advancement and making sure that young black South Africans can find equity into the economy. Dr. James? Race still matters. It's not credible to say it doesn't matter anymore, Uh, but it matters less, but it still matters. There are two things to worry about. The first is what you do in terms of the backlog when it comes to educational qualifications, and I believe we need corrective action in the sense that we must make sure that there's accelerated training and education for people who were excluded in the past and disadvantaged.
0: So that was Wilmot James and Musmaimane back in 2015. Of course, for uh, the upcoming uh, challenge within the party, it's a three-way, ro- three-way race, can we call it that? Uh, but it is John Steenhays and Balintuli, and the person that's not been mentioned uh, by Balintuli in her challenge is the outgoing leader of the party, uh, John Murray, who she has decided to leave out. Mawande, would you take up this challenge uh, if you were John Hazen? And what are the sort of considerations do you think he'd have to make in accepting the challenge? Uh,
3: thanks, to, I, I think <laughs> if I were John Hazen, I wouldn't uh, take this challenge. And here is why I wouldn't. Uh, we, we have previously discussed the policy confusion within the DA uh, such that uh, they really don't know where they stand. Funny enough that uh, the clip that we just listened to with Moussa Maimane talking about black advancement, if I like to quote him, is actually the same reason that led to his downfall. It led to his election and once again led to his downfall because in reality, that is not the politics of the DA. And Josh uh, Lehessen, at this point in time, does know that the politics of transformation are not the priority business of the DA. Therefore, if he were to take this challenge of the public debate with Mbalindu, it would really expose him. And I think uh, Johnson Hazen, as as an ambitious fellow, uh, that he is wanting to lead uh, this DA going forward, he wouldn't want to do anything that would jeopardize his chances of actually rising to that position, which he currently holds on an interim basis. He would want to cement his position on a permanent basis. And we know his alignment with Helen Zille. Helen Zille who is credited for Musma Imanis, uh, fall, well, she was credited for his rise and once again for his fall, as the DA now ten- is turning to, you know, to its original self of being a pure liberal party. So it wouldn't favor Johnston Hazen because he would then have to be politically correct, and I don't think that would serve his his purpose going forward, and that of the broader DA, by the way. And Marlene, knowing the kind of country that we are and the challenges that we are facing, particularly as uh, Africans in this country, she would take advantage of advancing that line, which was the same line that was advanced by Musma Imani at that time, which would end her favor with the delegates to the conference. So if I were... Uh, Johnson Hazen, I would simply reject the 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 the, the offer. An offer which is sane in the bigger scheme of things, was as Apio alluded to, I think it, it is at uh, South Africa, we, we tend to have this attitude that uh, internal party debates uh, are, are, are only for members of that party, but it is these parties that. Go on to represent that broader public in parliament who vote on policies in parliament, and most of them we don't even know what they stand for. The ANC is, uh, you know, is, is 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 guilty of the same crime in that, other than cater's forums heading to their elective conferences, they never have proper public debates where people will make proper assessments even when the answer is elected so and so. At least when we go to general elections, you know that because of the views that this guy had or this uh, lady had advanced during the debate to their elective conference, I do not think that their view align with my aspirations and that of my family and, uh, and, 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 and a whole lot of other people. So I think it is a culture that we ought to really entertain in the broader scheme of things in South Africa. To get to understand our leaders better, I can... Bet you now, very few people actually know the politics of uh, uh, Johnston Hazen. and very few people know the po- politics, individual politics of do it. Same goes for the ANC. Very few people know the uh, personal views, political views of President Cyril Ramaphosa. Very few people know the personal political views of ANCSG, Ace Mahatouli. And that is, I think, is a problem in the biggest form of things, which I think also drives to voter apathy because people never want to vote not knowing Who are the kind of people who are leading these parties and what is it that they stand for? Is that in line with the aspirations uh, that I have in terms of the country moving forward? So I think, in that particular aspect of public debates, Mbarinduri has a point that we've got to get into that stage of getting to understand. For instance, in America, it's a long standing culture. The people who voted for the current president, Donald Trump, they voted exactly knowing what he stands for because it was never a secret it was ventilated in the in the in the republican uh, conventions and the public debates that go on and right now for the upcoming elections in america those debates had uh, have begun last night it was the democrats convention at least we get to understand who is joe biden we will get to see who is trump has he changed from what he was before or he, does he still remain the same i think that is very vital to get to understand the personal views of the leaders that seek public office instead of the political party views of the parties that they belong to stay.
0: Apio, given that you have a sort of bird's eye view over the politics within the DA, how do you think uh, this request will go down and what what will it mean uh, for John's campaign to either accept or deny um, Bali the chance to have this public debate?
1: Um, His initial reaction uh, was that he would follow party Uh, A protocol or or, or policy on on, on public debates on the matter, which was quite um, confusing for me uh, because when someone calls you out on a debate, you say, okay, my stance on the matter is this and this and this and that. And being the uh, current leader of the party, surely um, you are allowed to stand uh, and, 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 and have your views about such matters, about debates. I think, yes, it's an opportunity time for us um, to, I mean, if I were him or say no, I think it's a waste of time to have debates because this is, you, you see what I mean? Instead of uh, outsourcing it to uh uh, uh the party or um, the person who's responsible for the running of elections, whom um, I just forget her name, she's an MP and she, she does a, a very good job, by the way, of making sure that uh, um, campaigns are not uh, don't degenerate and become negative. But I mean, you as a leader of the party, you you could just stand there and say, "Oh, this is my belief on debates. Yes, it's a good thing, or oh, no, it's not a good thing. It won't assist us." But that said, um, I would let the party decide. Uh, and aside, I've once uh, attended a, 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 another debate uh, for the the. At the time, it was a leadership uh, a race in in Western Cape, the biggest province and one of the most important, if not the most important, for them. Um, at the time, um, the current leader uh, was in a race against uh, Lennit Max. Um, I would tell you that when I went to the debate. Uh, I didn't there's nothing new that I I I learned after that debate from from both candidates that I had not known uh, uh, before the debate itself um so maybe there's also that uh, to be considered about debates let's see uh, how this one pans
0: out And then corruption, the gift uh, that seemingly keeps on giving. I think it may as well be uh, a weekly segment that we have on this podcast uh, in so much as the topic relates to COVID-19 graft, uh, allegations of corruption, proved corruption, uh, comrades, friends and family members uh, of the ruling party uh, benefiting from the procurement process with regards to personal protective equipment. uh, And others in the party have even... Uh, raised concerns that the investigation into this graft uh, or corruption should not be limited to PPE, but also should be extended to other things which have been procured over the past uh, few months, including uh, infrastructure for field hospitals and so on. This was something that was uh, raised uh, during a press conference, uh, which, Mawanda wonder, you attended earlier this morning by the MKMVA. Uh, let's start by listening in on what uh, Kevin Mapadzo had to say uh, on the recently formed interministerial committee on COVID-19,
2: for the sake of the restoration of the credibility of the ANC, MKMVA insists and call upon the president, our president, that he must act decisively against all the COVID-19 emergency fund looters no matter what their proximity to him may be. He certainly has the constitutional powers to do so, and he has the Special Investigation Unity and other security agencies at his disposal to act immediately. The MKMVA is perplexed about the role that the announced Interministerial Committee will play, except to get involved in parallel work and thus, muddy the waters. MKMVA therefore calls for the Interministerial Committee to be dissolved and for the security agencies to be allowed the freedom to do their work without any interference or
0: hindrance. So, that's a little bit of what was said uh, during this morning's MKMVA press conference on the outcomes of a sitting of its national executive committee over the weekend. Also what happened over the weekend was the ambassador to the United States, to South Africa rather, uh, from the United States, Lana Marks, expressed concern about COVID related corruption in the country uh, as she was handing over a consignment of PPE. Uh, She said that there has been corruption and it's very disappointing. It does need to be overcome in South Africa. We're delivering this to certain regions, to folks on the ground. Um, and by that, she basically meant that they're going to bypass government distribution channels to do this themselves. At least, that's how I understood it to be, uh, because of how bad corruption has gotten in the country. Up here, what does it say about us that people have to take such uh, extraordinary measures when handing over life-saving equipment?
1: It's embarrassing, Ste. Very embarrassing. Uh, th- there's no other way to to describe it. It's embarrassing. It shows us as. as uh, 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 people who who do not care uh, about the the well-being uh, of the broader uh, south africans it shows in the world stage it shows that we can't be trusted with any any money and you know when you are uh, at a stage where you find yourselves um begging uh, from the international markets, uh, uh, or rather, uh, for the from the like from the likes of IMF and stuff, because of how we have screwed up our economy, uh, those uh, as well. I mean, from from uh, it just. Makes the picture of South Africa and corruption worse. Generally, we are the only country, or rather, we are one of the very few countries who are uh, embroiled uh, in corruption scandals uh, that relates to money that has to do with COVID-19. It's very embarrassing. There's no, there's no other way to to explain it further than that. It just makes me ashamed to be a South African. And uh, yeah, I understand anyone who would not trust us. Uh, with their money if uh, uh, you, after reading the stories that they read, I understand why anyone would say, okay, our heart is in a good place, we want to assist, but we can't trust the politicians. Uh, I understand it very well. And and you know, when you have a scandal that has, uh, it's quite a a serious matter when you have a scandal that involves the person who is the mouth of the leader uh, of the country and it's it it got even worse when Gauteng was the province where this was being done because Gauteng was one of those provinces that was seen as the last hope in terms of clean governance in terms of fight against corruption so when you hit those levels you just uh, you can't just uh, trust anyone so it's very embarrassing and it's painful to see it unfolding like this um uh, if i may uh, comment maybe on the likes of uh, the NKMVA, I mean, it, it's funny how it's the NKMVA now who, who who are coming out as uh, the seemingly voice of reason, reason, where they were one of the organizations who played a big part uh, in assisting the country to find itself in the current laws that we are in uh, during their leaders' participation uh, uh, in the previous administration's uh, uh, corrupt ways. Uh, and outsourcing the country uh, to a few business people in
0: Saxonwood. So I want to come back to the politics of the MKMVA uh, and their role in the last administration under former president uh, Jacob Zuma. But for now, uh, since uh, the Minister of Justice and Correctional Services announced the establishment of this interministerial committee, there's been a lot of controversy around its role, what it's going to be doing, how it's going to be doing it. And today, the MKMVA have come out to say dissolve it completely. Mawande, your thoughts uh, on this request uh, from the structure? Well,
3: (laughs) I never thought this would happen, but... I must be honest, I agree with the stance of the MKAVA. Yes, it's one thing as to who is saying it, but the logic of it all, I think it resonates with my view, which has been, by the way, a long-held view before their briefing today, that there was no need at all to form this uh, interministerial committee because they, we have law enforcement agencies in the country which have a job to investigate that being the subs. NPA has a a job to prosecute and our courts have a job to convict or acquit those who are accused who appear before the courts. So I really never understood what was this uh, jumping up and down like popcorns, forming interministerial mean, committees and all those things. Therefore, really, it was for me, it was confusing from the get go. It was one of the ways that I viewed as some sort of a, a cover up because if then politicians are involved and politicians who've got their own ambitions of political offices would seek to protect certain comrades that are aligned to them and their interests and seek to ban those that are their enemies and a threat to their individual interests. So it was really, uh, to be quite frank, a, a very a, you know stupid decision, to, to, if I may put it that way. So I, 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 I agree with the MKAVA that this uh, interministerial committee must be dissolved forthwith without any delay and let the legitimate constitutional and legal law enforcement agencies like the SABS, the Hawks, the NPA, and our esteemed courts to do their job if the npa there is evidence against certain individuals it must approach the cause and say we have a strong case they get a date they prosecute go to trial the judge listens if people are guilty they will be convicted but yeah, we know that in south africa that's not how we operate it is always a uh, political even in clear-cut uh, cases for instance i would think that with regards to the case of uh, the Digos and the Department of Health and Houting around the alleged uh, corruption of PPEs. If there is evidence that there was a political uh, lobbying that this contract be given to the uh, illegitimate king of Amapak, I think that is quite a clear-cut uh, case if there's evidence to that effect that a uh, proper procurement procedures were not followed for NPA to pursue the case and take it to the courts and we have results and then restore the confidence of the broader South African public that this country is not a banana republic because as it stands, as far as action against corruption is concerned, it is a banana republic. The last high-profile politician was arrested For fraud and corruption charges, was one John Block from one small uh, province of the Northern Cape, former chairperson of the ANC at that site. Uh, Since then, I don't remember a single. A political figure who has ever been tried one it's one thing to convict tried for corruption because sometimes you can try and as comrades always insist that they are not guilty let the course be the ones that decide that we are not interested in sterile in committees that have your colleagues and your integral commission of the NC that have got your comrades those are, are, are not structures that are in our constitution as a country the NPA is there the hawks are there subs is there our courts are there, so I I I, I simply agree with the MKMVA on this dissolution of the interministerial committee.
0: We're just about out of time, but up here remind us quickly why the MKMVA are an unlikely uh, voice of reason during uh, this time.
1: <coughs> just look at the leadership of the MKMVA. Uh, you've got uh, the former deputy minister KB Mapatwe who, together with um, the who um, uh, um, the former uh, minister of the so-called weekend special, uh, Des van Ruen, who we had in that clip, um, as being the leaders of uh, the MKMVA, they had been a structure which, for the longest of time, they stood by uh, uh, President Jacob Zuma, and they benefited uh, during his tenure as the president of this country. They uh, and their links to the Gupta family, uh, are well documented. So, uh, uh in terms of being them being the voice of reason, yeah, well, uh, maybe uh, I will. It will take some convincing from my side. Uh, I, from me, I think it's more about um, their affectional politics and less about them being interested in the right thing being done because they were never, uh, 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 they never took similar stances when uh, their man was in office. Why now? Uh, it's just politics from from them. Uh, but anyway, um, any... Action, I would like, like to add to sexual... what you are saying. <laughs> okay. No, you, you, you can add. Look, when someone is calling for the right thing to be done, um, of course, we must support the right thing being done. But I'm just saying we must also be mindful of the, uh, the reasoning uh, uh, or the thinking behind the, the political machinations that uh, are... Are pushing for uh, these guys to stand up and 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 have a voice on this matter.
0: Mawande, very quickly, you want to weigh in before we wrap up? No, thanks. They, well, Abiwe couldn't
3: have put it uh, much better the mkva in as far as for instance issues of fictionalism and and stuff like that are concerned they're the last people to speak we know that they were one of the biggest backers of former president jacob zuma and for me how i read today's a briefing of theirs is that it is just much as they were condemning uh, factional uh, battles within the ANC NEC, that's what they were saying. It, it, their act on its own, and the core and the theme of that press conference was a factionalist uh, approach in, in in the best form possible. you know. And and they, they, you could see there was an attempt to take a particular aim at uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa something that they never did with former President Zuma, and there was an attempt to uh, clear uh, the ANC who is seen to be aligned to to them i mean uh, uh, actually did comment around the issue of Isma Hashule's sons uh, been uh, said to have benefited from a contracts of ppes in the free state saying that there's nothing wrong with family members of uh, politicians doing business with the state but just before that, this was the same guy who was saying President Cyril Ramaphosa campaigned on anti-corruption card, and now he's not acting against corruption. So it was just a clear cut chance that this is one of their uh, affectional, you know, uh, behaviors. As the MKVA, we know who they supported before Nazareth It was definitely not President Cyril Ramaphosa. So there, as much as some of the points uh, that they raised are legitimate, but The act on its own, it was a fictional act, and I think it should be viewed as such.
0: So much to say, so little time. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Please do uh, follow this podcast on all major platforms, Iona FM, Spotify, Apple, and others. Uh, Thank you to Mawande and Apiwe for your insightful views uh, on this week's episode.